This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, joining us will be veteran baseball sports writer Mike Mazio to discuss the Major League Baseball playoffs. We're obviously going to go through some of the gambling lines for week four in the NFL. The Sergio Rodriguez picks were 4-0 this week, so if you went with the picks, you definitely you definitely made out well. Um, but we're going to start in the NFL. We're going to start in the NFL. But before we start with the NFL, let's let you know who pays the bills for the Sergio Rodriguez show. Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at triangleinc.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Vergona Cranes, located at 180 West Forest Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, Verona Cranes operates 24 hours a day, providing crane rentals, trucking services, and warehousing for storage. Vergona Crane services the New York and New Jersey area. Call them at 201 945-7209 or on their website at vergonacrane.com Paramus Driving School Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School serving the North Jersey area like no other contact them at paramusdrivingschool.com or call them at 201-986-8300 Week 3 in the NFL and we begin with last night's game. The game that was built or built uh, as the game of the year um, by many. And look, I mean, for the most part, it really it really went off as as just that. But. It wasn't long before the Chiefs basically took over the game and basically showed you that the Ravens are what I've been saying now for two years with uh, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. They're a team that's going to do enough during the regular season because Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback in terms of the his ability to play football. Right, he's a he's a really good football player. But when it comes to playing the position itself, having to throw from the pocket, making those decisions during games, Lamar Jackson is basically an average quarterback. Even yesterday, when was the last time that you saw an elite-level quarterback, an elite-level quarterback in a game like last night's end up with 97 passing yards? I mean, he had 97 passing yards and 83 rushing yards. And people want to tell me that he's a great quarterback. He's a really good football player. I mean, he ended up with 180 all Saquon yards. That, that's what we call all-purpose yards around here, all Saquon yards, because that that, that's what they call them to, to, to hype up Saquon Barkley in New York. Um, you know, the story of the game was, Again, the Ravens' inability to control the Chiefs, the Chiefs' offense misdirection in the outfield, bringing receivers into the backfield to create confusion. Mahomes 
385 with four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Again, the guy, all he does is win, uh, especially in September, through four touchdown passes to four different receivers. So he's sharing the ball, hard to defend. The Ravens lose a big game. That was a big game because now they're going to be chasing the entire year for that one seed. Unless somewhere along the line, the the, the Chiefs stub, stub their toe. But I believe they're going to be chasing now the whole year. And the Ravens really need that home, that home field advantage. Um, honestly, the game was 34 to 20. It was really only close because the Chiefs missed the field goal. They actually turned the ball over going in out of the half. And the Ravens scored seven of the 20 points on, on or six, really six of the 20 points on a kickoff return. Um, so, uh, you know, again, Mahomes is just, he's at a different level, different level right now. The Sunday night game was really entertaining. The Packers beat the Saints 37-30 and, you know, just like in the Chiefs game with uh, with Mahomes, Rodgers, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal start to this year. Alan Lazard, who essentially had took over for Demonte Adams, who was out with an injury, big game, six catches for a buck forty six. You know, just making plays. The Saints, look. The Saints got a good game from Drew Brees. I mean, Brees finished with close to 300 yards passing. He threw for three touchdowns. But they just could not make that one last play that would have that would have actually, uh, you know, given them a, a, a chance to actually win the game. Kamara was phenomenal. 13 for 139. Uh, he ended up with 197 all Saquon yards. Um, the Saints' next four games are at at Detroit, the Chargers, Carolina, and at Chicago. So they have a chance. They have a chance to obviously get their wins. That's not going to be an issue for them. Um, you know, uh, they have... I would probably say they're going to be hmm, five and two. I would say they'll be five and two. I, I can't see them losing any of those four games. If they do lose one, maybe at Chicago, if it gets a little colder, um, but they'll be, they'll be fine. The Packers are, are, are three and oh now, and, and they're going to be, um, they're going to be fine too. They have, they have the Falcons before they play Tampa. Uh so they'll be 4-0 going into Tampa Bay and that's going to be that's going to be uh that's going to be a good matchup. Miami on on Thursday night got got in the win column by beating the Jaguars and I tell you the story of that team right now is Fitzpatrick, man. When he plays well, they're going to play well and he played well. He played really well on on Monday night on Thursday night and he you know he gives that team a lot of energy so Miami's going to be a team that really well coached and is going to be fun to watch the whole year as long as Fitzpatrick's the quarterback the four o'clock game that was highlighted the whole week by everyone was the Seattle Dallas game and look same old Cowboys 
Same old Cowboys and same old Russell Wilson. Wilson with five touchdown passes. He's 14 and one on the season. 14 and one. I mean, wow. And, you know, down 31 30 after they had blown the lead, uh, Seattle, down 31 30. Within two minutes, he drove them down, took the lead, got the two point conversion, went up 38 31. And look, Let's talk about the Cowboys here for a second. Prescott continues to be a fantasy player's delight. That's what he is. He is a fantasy quarterback. A guy that will throw for a lot of yards because, hey, guess what? The team's always trailing with him quarterbacking because they find a way to score early, but then they take off two quarters seemingly every game, and then you got to play catch-up. I mean, it is what it is. Um... He's only got five touchdowns and two interceptions with all these points that the Cowboys have scored this year. But he does. I mean, he's throwing for (laughs) damn near 400 yards a game. But again, it's always during catch-up. The Cowboys are lucky that the East is terrible. And they're also lucky that they get a big break in the schedule now. I mean, they have the Browns at home, the Giants at home, the Cardinals at home. So in a real scheduling anomaly, they get three straight home games and then they're at Washington and at Philadelphia. I can't see the Cowboys losing more than one of those five games. And that'll probably give them the separation that they need to really win the East, which is really terrible right now. But again, the Cowboys, new coach, same result. I said it when Jason Garrett was there. I wasn't one of these guys that wanted Garrett out because I could see that the issues that the Cowboys had were deeper than coaching. Look, they're three games in. They lost the game they should have lost in Seattle when you looked at the schedule. They won the game they should have won when you looked at the schedule in Atlanta. And the 50-50 game, they lost it. What would their record be if they had Jason Garrett? They're still in the same spot. I don't see the difference. And I guess everybody else thought there was going to be a difference I don't see it. The Bears, <laughs> I'll tell you, the Bears beat the Falcons 30-26. to And the Falcons, again, they blow a 16-3 lead. They blow a 26-10 to lead in the second half. Two straight games. No Julio Jones. Um, but Calvin Ridley's been the guy, and he's really the guy now. So far in the year, he's got 21 catches for 349 yards and four touchdowns, and he's been just lights out. The Bears bench missed Strabisky for Nick Foles this game, which, again, made no sense to me. I I don't see, look, Foles is a great backup, but do they really think they're going to be playing this guy the whole year? The Trubisky, although he wasn't great, I mean, the Bears were 2-0 going in. I mean, it's it that's rough. I think they just had it all long planned. Uh, or planned all along, I should say, that they were just going to make the move at the first chance they got, and that's exactly what happened. Um, the Bears are 3-0, and and they're probably going to go 2-1 the next couple of games. They have the Colts, Tampa, and then they're at Carolina. They could go 2-1, and and, and, and that'll, be, that'll, be really, that'll be really good for them. Um, I think the Bears are going to be a tough out. I really do. And I think that they're going to do really, really good things moving forward. I like that team. I know a lot of people aren't too keen on them. I like them. I like them more with Trubisky than with Foles. Because Foles came in and everybody's going to talk about the three touchdown passes. He should have had three interceptions. Um, But 
I still think the Bears are are are, are going to be fine. Buffalo pulled one out late, 35-32 over the Rams. And look, Buffalo blew a 28-3 lead. Needed a late touchdown pass from Josh Allen to win the game. And, and look, to be fair, they got a huge pass interference call that saved the day for them. Josh Allen continues to be great. 10 touchdowns and one interception on the year. He's averaging close to 350 yards a game, um, completing over 70% of his passes. He is, man, he is everything that Buffalo thought they were getting when they drafted him. The Rams, on the other end, they proved me wrong a little. They did a better job, and they looked better than I thought they were going to be, even after I saw them go 2-0. They did a great job of coming back, didn't, didn't give up, and now the schedule lightens up for them. They have the Giants at home where they're going to be probably a double-digit favorite. They're at Washington before traveling to the 49ers, so they're going to get a chance to get fat over the next couple of weeks. Speaking of Washington, the Browns beat Washington 30-24, to and look, the story of the game was the turnovers. Washington had five turnovers um, on, on, on the day. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, three interceptions and a fumble to boot. The Browns really did nothing special, but they continue to run the ball well. They continue to just not make too many mistakes in these games against teams that they're better than, and they're going to be fine. But if the Browns want to show me something, go to Dallas and beat an average Dallas team. That'll put you 3-1 and one and will set you up nicely moving forward. The Titans stole one from the Minnesota Vikings, and I'll tell you, I pretty soon I got to have... I got to have some of my folks from the Vikings on because let me tell you something. They blew a 24-12 second half lead and then they gave up the go-ahead field goal to Gauskowski, who, by the way, had seven field goals on the day for, for the Titans. They gave up the field goal with 144 to go and couldn't drive down to do anything. Cousins is just struggling. Cousins just struggling. Five touchdowns on the year, six interceptions, and he's throwing for just over 200 yards a game. That's not going to cut it. Dalvin Cook did have a monster game. Um, he went for close to 200 on like 20 carries. Um, look, the, the, the thing about the Vikings now is <laughs> they're facing 0-5 because they're at Houston and then at Seattle. Houston they can get. Houston, they can get because Houston's no good either. But they're not going to win in Seattle. So they're either going to be 1-4 and four or 0-5, and, and essentially the season's going to be over. The Patriots beat the Raiders 36-20 in a game where, look, Carr continues to play well. He's not making any mistakes. Jacobs was slowed uh, running the ball. He only had about 15 to 16 carries. He was slowed with the injury and he had about 70 to 75 yards on the game. Uh, Cam Newton, you know, it's funny because last week I made a comment that Cam Newton was playing really good football. And, and, and I mean, I guess he is. I'm not going to say he's not. He is playing good football. But Belichick, and I said this also last week, Belichick just does not trust him. And, you know, as good a football as he's playing, he's got two touchdown passes and two interceptions on the year. 
Um, he's doing a lot with his legs. And like I told you guys earlier, they're going to milk him because they are not under any circumstance going to sign him for next year. But they're going to milk him for everything that he's got. And yesterday was one of those games where they had they were in control. So they didn't throw it or anything. And, and it was a very vanilla game plan in the second in the second half. The 49ers, look, I'm going to tip my cap to this organization. They're here a week ago, play the Jets. They get all banged up. No running backs. Quarterback out. Defensive lineman out. I mean, injuries galore all over the place. They come into MetLife again, and they just dismantled the Giants. Now, look. I understand the Giants are not very good, and we get that. We all know that. But you're still playing an NFL team with a backup quarterback. But you know what that backup quarterback did? He went out there, and he was 25 for 36 for 343. No turnovers. Speaking of turnovers, on the other side, Danny Pennies, another two turnovers, another interception, another fumble, He's got six turnovers already on the season. And he threw for 179 yards in the game. I mean, that's those are high school stats. Those are high school stats for a guy that they drafted with the sixth pick in the draft. Terrible. Just, just, just terrible. Speaking of terrible, how about Carson Wentz? My Lord, has Carson Wentz regressed to the point where you know, I'm not even going to look at the fact that the, they tied the Bengals. Because, again, in the NFL, these things happen. These things happen. The thing that gets me is he missed two walk-in touchdowns. He's missing receivers all over the place. But here's the most important thing about that game with the Eagles. One thing is what we see while we're watching these games as TV, uh, on TV as analysts. But the Eagles in overtime, with about 130 left on the clock, had the ball at the Cincinnati 44. Their play call was so conservative, so conservative, that they ended up getting a penalty when they set up to, to, to kick the field goal, which essentially was going to be a 59-yarder before the penalty, that the play call was so conservative that it just shows you what a lack of confidence they have right now in Carson Wentz. They were afraid he was going to turn the ball over in that spot. I mean, a $100 million quarterback playing, terrible right now. And every week that goes on, the whispers get, they are so lucky, and he is so lucky, and management is lucky that there are no fans in that stadium. Joe Burrow, another solid game. I mean, look, the kids got five touchdowns on the year, one interception uh, against the Eagles, 312, two TDs, no INTs. I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed with Joe Burrow. He's further along than I thought he was going to be. Uh, you know, this year uh, with a, with the worst offensive line in the game. Pittsburgh 28-21 over Houston. And let's talk about our usual $39 million Watson. Two touchdowns, one interception, and his usual 260 yards. 0-3 on the season. 
Four touchdowns and three interceptions on the season. Okay, a quarterback rating of 61, 39 million. I told you a month ago, that was the mistake of a lifetime. Crime of the century, I called it. 39 million. Couldn't happen to a nicer team in Houston. The Steelers now are 3-0. and And look, they're 3-0, and and they're going to be at least 5-1. and They have... Uh, they're going to be 5-1 and one before they play the Ravens, and they actually have to go to the Ravens that game, but they have, they're at the Titans, the Eagles, and the Browns. So I think they're going to get, they're at least going to go 2-1, and one, and then, you know, going into uh, Baltimore at 5-1, and one, Baltimore might be 5-1. and one. That's going to be a game probably for the two-seed early for, for playoff positioning. Speaking of playoff positioning, Something that's not going to happen in New York. Playoff positioning. The Jets got just trounced by Indianapolis 36-7. And look, Darnold, hot and cold. Showing you flashes, like on the touchdown pass, but the three interceptions, you know, they. it is a shame what that organization's done to that kid. Just, just embarrassing what they've done to that kid. And look, Indianapolis looks especially good. I mean, Indianapolis was good, especially defensively. I mean, they they are going to be a really, really tough out as long as Rivers does not turn the ball over with this defense. They're going to be they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Carolina went to 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 the to the Chargers and and beat them. Teddy Bridgewater solid that game in the twenty one sixteen. He was solid, stable. They didn't do much. Justin Herbert, I'll tell you another good game. He threw for 330. He did have one turnover, did throw for one TD. But I'll tell you what did the Chargers in? The minus four. The turnover, the turnovers were just too much to overcome. Tampa Bay with a workmanlike 28-10 win. A real funny anomaly in this game. You know, Mike Evans had two touchdown catches for two yards. Two catches, two yards, two touchdown passes. Incredible. Normally, you see that from like a tight end, but from a big play receiver, that was weird. Brady looked good. Uh, two ninety-seven, three TDs. It, it, you know, it was it was good. And Denver, look, Denver without Drew Locke is just not going to move the ball. They're just not going to move the ball. They don't have quarterback play, and now they have to go to the Jets on the short week. Um, and that's never good for, for road teams on Thursday night. Detroit shocked Arizona 26-23. And leave it to Detroit to mess up somebody's season. Because even though it's game three, that's a bad loss for Arizona. It's a bad loss because the Cardinals needed that game. In a division where two teams, well, one team is 3-0, and two teams are 2-1. and They added themselves to that 2-1 and mix. Listen, you need you can't lose to Detroit if you're gonna plan on making some noise in that division. Stafford played well, two touchdowns, zero interceptions for Detroit. Hey, I tell you, Adrian Peterson still got something in the tank. He played he played really well. And look, now Arizona's got three road games. They're at Carolina, at the Jets, and at Dallas. I get it, not world beaters, but you're gonna go on the road. You could lose two of those three games. You could lose two of those three games. Murray, I know a lot of people like Kyler Murray. I think he's a really good football player also. But 
He's got to watch the turnovers. Four touchdown passes and five turnovers so far on the year. That is basically everything for the NFL in week three. And uh, look, again, the highlight of the week, without a doubt, without a doubt, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. They, they, I'll tell you, they look like they're on a collision course right now, early in the year. But we'll see. Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113. J.J. Farber and Lotman, providers of wholesale insurance at competitive prices for small and medium businesses. Go to JJFL.com or get an instant quote by calling 844-502-8923. M&J Luxury Inc., for the most unique experience in the medical transportation business, call M&J Located in New York City with over 1,000 cars at your disposal, call them at 718-278-2222 or at 914-484-7264. The Major League Baseball playoffs are going to get underway. And, uh, you know, the, the, the team, the team that's really doing well right now in 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 terms of seating and everything else that's going on is uh is the Dodgers because I just don't know how the Dodgers are really going to really have an issue with Milwaukee unless those games are close because Milwaukee's bullpen is really good but here to tell us about the Major League Baseball playoffs is veteran sports writer Mike Mazio. Mike, are you with us? I am. Thanks a lot for having me. Mike, how you doing, my friend? I appreciate you coming on on short notice. Thank you. My pleasure, Sergio. Anytime. Mike, let's start in the American League now. Look, Tampa Bay, the one seed, is hosting Toronto. It's weird that I'm saying the one seed and the eight seed. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking about <laughs> I feel like I'm talking about uh, uh, the NBA or NHL uh, you know, playoffs, but Toronto's playing Tampa Bay, and 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 look, I think Tampa Bay's just got too much pitching. Is yeah, there? 100. Yeah, go ahead. No, I apologize. I, yeah, I totally agree. You know, uh, Morton, Snell, and, and Glass now at the top is is so good, and uh, you know they've got all these bullpen guys you've almost never heard of, and they're lights out. And uh, you know, Cash loves to mix and match, and you know has a perfect plan going in, and so you know if they can get timely hitting, I totally agree with you. I think. Uh, they're pitching wins out and they win that series. Now, they already won game one. I was actually prepping to go on the air. Did they close that game out? I left it 3 nothing. That's a good question. I apologize. I'm watching the Yankee game, so I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, but I, I know that they were, actually, they were actually winning, and I can get that score here. But the I personally, th- yeah, that actually, yep, 3-1 final, actually, yep. Um, you know, I, I again, I just think Tampa Bay's got too much. In in that other series of the high seed, I actually like the White Sox coming into this game. I thought they have a good matchup with with Oakland, and they won Game One today, four to one. 
is there anything that I'm missing? Why do I find that the seventh seed is better than the two seed in that matchup? Yeah, I mean, I, I really thought maybe the A's would have a good shot in that series, but, I mean, Giolito, I mean, he was he was dominant today. He took, a, what, a perfect game into the seventh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, threw a no-hitter this season. So they have, you know, the ace, the dominant ace. Their, you know, lineup arguably is as good as the Yankees, if not better. I mean, they really have, you know, guys who can just destroy the baseball. Getting Robert back, hopefully getting him going would be huge because he had the, you know, the tough September. But, I mean, they really are, they're loaded. I mean, like you said, they could be the, the low seed, the uh, you know the Cinderella mid major team that uh, that comes out of this thing. They I, are. They I, really I actually good. I actually like them to go to the American League final um, against the Yankees. Actually, talk to me about Minnesota. Look, Minnesota year after year, there is no excuses. I mean, I mean, I'm sick and tired of hearing every year that they're good and they have a chance. Every year they get beat by the Yankees, and we get that. <laughs> but they're not playing the Yankees now. And you're getting a Houston team who struggles to score runs in a major way, doesn't have Justin Verlander, and you still go out game one, you can't hit, and you lose 4-1? Right, I know. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. It was, uh, you know, Granky didn't even give him any length. I mean, they pulled Granky with what, like 79 pitches, which was surprising. But the you know, bullpen came and did the job. Uh, you know, Romeo had that um, – Romo, excuse me, had the, had the tough ninth inning. They were able to scratch some runs across, and uh, – you know, they're in trouble again. Like you said, usually it's the Yankees, and, uh, you know, you think this time may be different, but certainly a, a really strong performance by the Astros in that game one, and now they're, they're up against it. It's like any team that loses a game one in a, in a best-of-three series here. Do you see anybody beating the Dodgers in the National League? You know, I do think the Reds, only because, you know, if, if they're top three guys, you know, uh, Bauer, Gray, and Castillo, and, they, and, you know, they have some, some pretty nice hitting. You know, I, I think they are a possibility, whether it happens or not. I don't know. I mean, they still have to obviously advance um, even past their series in the first round to you know, set I, that up. I, I, but, think, I think that Milwaukee, if the games get late because of their bullpen, because of those two guys at the back end, if they can steal one of the first two games, listen, you get to a game three, anything could happen. Sure, sure. I mean, it's just, I don't know, the Dodgers are just loaded. So I, I, I'd be really surprised, but again, like you said, with the, with the two back-end guys that they have, um, you know, as tough as it gets. So you're right. I mean, if they steal any, any of these teams steal a game, I mean, you know, any of these, these uh, underdog teams and the favorites up against it, you know, you're going to be hearing all the criticism. You know, obviously you're, you're in sort of a bubble, so it's not going to be as bad, but just you're going to be feeling that pressure that, you know, it's only a 60-game season, but everything you did to get the one seed, all of a sudden two losses and you're gone. San Diego... Again, a lot of young talent, energetic, a lot of offense, playing a team that traditionally all they do is win. Who right. wins and that? You know the, who do you like in that series? You know, I, I think San Diego, but the problem obviously is, is that their two top pitchers are injured. You know, you don't know when you're going to get Clevenger back. Are you going to advance far enough for him to come back and be a factor? I mean, you traded, you know, I think it was a really good trade when they had to make, but the injury is so tough. I mean, do they have enough, you know, starting pitching at the back end? That's, that's the question. And the is, offense is prolific. Correct. Correct. Well, that's, that, that's, that, listen, they're going to have to hit their way. We, 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 we know that. In a series where I believe scoring is going to be a problem, Miami and the Cubs, 
I actually like Miami in that series. And I'm going to tell you why. I believe that those games are going to be close games. Watch tomorrow's game be 11-9. I believe <laughs> that those games are going to be close games. I like Miami Miami's speed and their ability to and and their ability to to manufacture runs. Yeah, I mean you watch them over the weekend against the Yankees. I mean they're definitely pesky. They have a lot of good pitching. They have a fantastic manager. I mean Mattingly should win, you know, annual manager of the year. I think going away, obviously, given all the COVID cases, all the guys they traded, everything they went through with the Jose Fernandez thing to, to trading everybody. I mean the roster, if they had kept everybody, would have been a World Series contender. But the fact that they've you know made the playoffs um, this quickly, yeah, I mean they're they're dangerous. They have nothing to lose, you know, and that's that's ultimately is the real Cinderella story. They're the mid-major team from middle of nowhere. You know, you don't even know half the roster. Just learning these guys' names for the first time, and they, you know, if they make a run or do anything past past these first couple of games, which is an accomplishment and great experience for these guys, it would be a, a heck of a story given all they've been through. Yo, Mike, man, Mattingly is a good, good manager. Very good, man. Cool. Very good. Really. That last series there, I mean, you mentioned the Reds before, so I'm assuming you liked them. I mean, Atlanta's got a lot of firepower, man. You think that the Reds can get through them? Yeah, I mean, just because Atlanta's ace, you know, going out early in the season, it's just so tough. I mean, three's great. Um, but I do just wonder, you know, Hamels is gone. I just wonder about their starting pitching, if they have enough. Um, they're coming off a, a similar, you know, really tough playoff against the Cardinals last year when they just imploded. Um, so that, you know, that's going to be really tough. And, and I think, you know, again, I, I just like the Reds because of their top three. The think of Bauer, Castillo, and, and Gray. I mean, that's as good as it gets, um, you know, compared to Tampa, the Yankees, whoever. Um, the Dodgers, it, it's really good. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Reds could be dangerous. I mean, they ended the season on a, a really strong note. Whether that means anything, who knows, in this truncated season. But, yeah, I think the Reds are going to win that series. Okay, let's talk about the Yankees here. Now, they're up 5-2 right now as we speak. Cole looks like he should have enough left in the tank to get them into the deeper part of the of the bullpen. Yeah, I if, mean Cole's been Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. The, what what I want to what I want to know is if the Yankees can get through this series. I believe this is the harder series for them because it's short. If they get through this series, can they win this? A lot of it depends on, you know, the back end of the rotation, right? I mean, Cole is uh, fantastic. He's not facing Naylor tonight. Naylor's gotten him a couple times, but he's been really good. He's been featuring that high fastball um, that, you know, the upper 90s, and he's tremendous. Um, you know, Tanaka, you never know what you're going to get from the regular season, but somehow when it's October, he turns on the gas and he's terrific. And then the question marks come. It's like if it gets to a game three, you have to start Jay Happ. It's like they're going to do that. This guy's been super inconsistent. You know, what are you going to get from that guy? What are you going to get from a Debbie Garcia, Jordan Montgomery? Um, and then the back end of their bullpen, Chapman has had his, you know, problems against Houston specifically. Um, you know, so he hasn't been able to close out big games. Um, you know, Britain's pretty trustworthy, obviously. Chad Green's had his up and downs in the playoffs. And then you have Ottavino, who got shelled um, late in the year and finished with an ERA almost six. So, I mean, the pitching is tough. The lineup looks phenomenal, but that was a huge question mark. Um, you know, if they can get some of these guys going, Judge hit a huge home run to set the tone tonight. Um, they have the talent, but the question is, you know, is that back end of the rotation because you're going to need it with no off days and the back end of that bullpen because you're going to need 12 pitchers pretty much. You know, do you have enough there? But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be dangerous. I mean, if they 
they have to, they had to have this game won. Um, they're certainly in position to do it if they can close it out. And, uh, you know, if they beat Cleveland, who knows? I mean, they're going to, they're, you know, have the talent, they have the expectations, and uh, we'll see. Talk to me about Gary Sanchez not starting game one. Now, look, I'm going to tell you that I personally, I believe that not only the Yankee fans, but I believe the organization has been very unfair with Gary Sanchez, and I'm going to tell you why. Gary Sanchez is a career 238 hitter. He is essentially 10 hits off that pace. Over 162 games, the guy's not going to bat 150. And if you look at his power numbers, over 500 at-bats, he's looking at 40 home runs and 85 RBI. Like, I, I just feel like with him, if he's not perfect every game, it's a problem. But yet, Brett Gardner's playing batting 130. But yet, you know, Stanton is going out there no matter what. And and it's always it always seems like the finger is on Gary Sanchez regardless. What do you think about that? And again, not starting tonight. Uh, well, I mean, I would say I mean I've always kind of I've always been a critic of Sanchez. Um, okay. Like almost every every scout you talk to says you know this guy is not the answer behind the plate, and he's proven that right. I mean his his I think his OPS this season was six eighteen, and his career playoff OPS is six oh eight, which is unplayable almost. So he struggles behind the plate especially to catch power guys. He, you know, there was some stat, I think at one point, which was like, call, you know, pitches called meatballs right down the plate. He's not touching these pitches. And uh, yeah, he runs into one now and again. And, you know, I, I used to think the guy could get out of bed and hit. I mean, when Girardi was the manager, he could. Even there was part of last year when he did that. Um, but obviously he hasn't been healthy. Um, he struggled. And, you know, clearly whether Cole went to the Yankees and said, you know, I want to, um, pitch to Gashioka or the Yankees side of that, whatever. Um, you know, he's lost that. He's not starting game one. Um, Cole maybe doesn't trust him. And so, you know, his future is really murky with the organization. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they moved on unless he has a huge postseason. Um, you know, he's been a Yankee for 11 years since he was 16. So at what point do you just say, okay, that's enough? And yep. the Yankees have backed him, defended him. Cashman has always come out and defended him. And again, maybe he hits. If he hits the postseason, Nobody has any problems with what he does in the regular season. It doesn't matter, but he hasn't done that. But, Mike, let me ask you a question. Where are you going to find a catcher who bats 238 with 35 home runs and 85 RBI? Because let me tell you something. I did I did a little spot, a little clip for when, we, when I was promoing the show where I mentioned I can give you five what people would consider to be historic great defensive catchers who led the league in pass balls. Not to mention that last year, in 20 less games, Romine had more pass balls than Sanchez. And again, I'm not telling you that Sanchez is Yadier Molina, but my point is, I just think that his stuff gets magnified. And again, look, you're probably right. He's going to have to hit because that's his job essentially on this team. You can't be a poor defender and then bat 147. We get that. But like I said, I just feel like in a season where you're playing 60 games, it's kind of unfair. I remember a season where Jeter went and batted under 200 the whole first half of a season. I mean, he's done it two of the last three years where he hasn't hit. Yeah. You know, ever since Aaron Boone's there. I don't, 238 sounds nice. 
I think it's like probably 200 with Boone since Boone's taken over for Girardi. Yeah. His last real full year where he was producing at the plate and you thought when Gary Sanchez comes up, he's going to do damage is 2017. And that's a long time ago. I know he had, you know, a decent year last year. I think he's like an 840 OPS or something. But then, you know, his playoffs was awful. I don't even think his OPS was 600. It's probably like 500. So again, I mean, if he's not going to hit and his defense is suspect, you know, they moved his catching stance down to one knee. And, you know, with a power pitcher like a Britain or a Chapman, I mean, you, I, I just late innings. I just don't know how you trust that guy. He just doesn't catch that power pitching. Cole, you know, maybe doesn't trust him. So he's going with the Gashioka. You know, maybe the Yankees decide they want to go with like a James McCann where they decide they want to go after Real Muto if they can come with the money. You know, I mean, that's Real Muto's the best catcher in baseball and he's out there. Um, and that, that position is going to need addressing. At the end of the season, you have to know, you know, is Gary Sanchez my guy? He has a huge playoff. Yes. Um, if not, you know, if he plays uh, tomorrow and he goes over four and, you know, that's it. Uh, I don't know. I think you might have to move on and just decide, you know what? We don't have the high-end ceiling guy there, but we have somebody who's more dependable. And with Voight, Judge, you know, uh, Torres, LeMahieu, if they resign him, we have, you know, seven, eight guys that can carry our team for months at a time, and this is it. You mentioned Judge, and I'll ask you one last thing before I let you go. I've been a big proponent of not signing Aaron Judge. Not because of his ability. I mean, when the guy plays, he's really, really good. He's top five player in the game good. But that's the problem. His best ability is not availability. He never, ever, ever is going to be healthy. He just isn't going to be healthy. And so how can I give $30 million to a guy a year, which might be more than $30 million, but how can I give a guy essentially, let's say, $275, 300000000 million, to play a hundred, to play a hundred games a year, hit twenty-seven home runs and drive in sixty-seven runs, because those are his numbers. That all goes back to the Stanton move. Um, that's why you think that. If they didn't have twenty-five million tied up in a future, you know, it looks like a DH for the next uh, seven years, that two hundred million bucks, um, then you wouldn't be asking these questions. So correct. Yes, I, I understand what you're saying. That I don't know if they can have sixty-five million tied up in right field DH, but at the same time. This guy hits elite pitching. Uh, Torres just went yard, so he's back, and he was the Yankees' most feared hitter. I was kind of concerned about him. Uh, so the Yankees, I think they're up seven two. But anyway, I, I think his um, struggle. A, I think his struggles at short might have been affecting that. But I think he's going to be fine. Remember, Didi struggled too when he first got here. So I'm not concerned about Torres at short. But go ahead, but anyway, tell me about Judge. I apologize, but back to Judge. I'm 100 percent signing him. You know, his last three postseason home runs are against Cy Young winners, right? He's hit. David Price, he's hit Justin Verlander, he's hit um, Shane Beaver tonight, mm-hmm. right? He sets the tone right away. Yankees are in trouble um, going into the series. We don't know what team they are. Fourth pitch of the game ambushes that first pitch fastball. Oh, Mike, he's um, good. Beautiful. But right? Mike, Mike, so, I'm, I'm, no one's going to debate his talent. That's the thing. Like, I just look at his October stats, right? Okay. It's like average way over 300 on base percentage 400, slugging five to 600. You know, his OPS is like 1,000. That's the dude that I want. I'm the Yankees. I'm in the playoffs every year. That's why people aren't fans of Sanchez and Stanton right now. Like, it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. Can you hit that elite right-handed pitching that's going to throw you, you know, 95 to 100 with that nasty slider away? You know, can you hit that pitching? He can. So I think it'd be really tough. I mean, plus, 
obviously all these stuff off the field, right? I mean, his value to the franchise um, is huge. And you take a huge hit. Maybe you're all right with that. And maybe, you know, you do have, you know, in whenever he's free agent eligible. I mean, we'll obviously see what the state of the team is right now. It's tough to say because I think he's going to be 30, 31. Yeah. When he's finally eligible for unrestricted free agency. But the dude just delivers in October. And that's all that matters. That's why they signed Garrett Cole. If they had an ace who could do Garrett Cole's job, Garrett Cole would not be here. But they said, you know what? We've got the roster. Every year we lose to a Verlander, a Cole, a Chris Dale. This year we're going to be the ones that actually have that ace pitcher that can go head-to-head against the other team's ace, get a quick one nothing lead in the series and not have to worry about must-win game twos and stuff like that. So. I would sign Judge again. The October numbers speak for itself. Guy plays his heart out, maybe to his detriment. You know, he has gotten injured diving and all that, but that's the dude I want on my team, setting the tone and setting the identity for my team. Mike, man, thank you very much for popping up uh, here with us to discuss the the first round of the playoffs. Here, I got to get you to my house to uh, so you could do uh, an, an entire segment with me, an entire show with me, not just one segment. That'd be, that'd be phenomenal. Hopefully this whole COVID thing ends and, and we can get back to normal. But, uh, you know, congrats on the show and everything too, man. I'm really happy for you. No problem. Mike Mazio, phenomenal, phenomenal sports writer with formerly of ESPN. Um, I, I tell you, always has done a great job covering the New York sports scene for uh, every entity that he's been with. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Common Suite G106, owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has over 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or at 844-666-6278. Stan Sports Center, one of the oldest and most recognized sporting goods stores in New Jersey, located on Washington Street in Hoboken and in Saddlebrook, New Jersey, Stans has been recognized as a historical institution. Call Stans at 201-773-6891 or go on their website at stansportsctr.com and tell them that Sergio sent you. Week four, betting lines. And like I mentioned before, we were 4-0 with the Sergio Rodriguez picks. You got to check our Instagram at Del Sergio Rodriguez Show. That's where we post the picks. Post them on Thursday. Sometimes on Friday. If there's a Thursday game, we'll definitely post them on Thursday. If not, we'll post them on Friday. But let's go down these games really quick here. Denver is at the Jets on Thursday night, a three-point favorite. I'm telling you right now, I like the Jets. I could see the Jets being one of my picks. Indianapolis is a three-point favorite at the Bears. The Bears are going to probably end up winning that game. Uh, Indianapolis coming off that 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 high with the Jet with the Jets having to travel to Chicago. I could see the Bears getting that game. New Orleans a four point favorite in Detroit. It's a weird line. It's a weird line. 
It almost seems like they're begging you to bet New Orleans. Arizona's a three and a half point favorite at Carolina. Arizona, if they want to make the playoffs this year, go get this game. Cincinnati's a three point favorite at home. This might be one of the few opportunities for Joe Burrow to get a W. Dallas is a four and a half point favorite at home against Cleveland. If Dallas gets this game, Watch out. They're going to win four or five in a row. And when I say watch out, I'm not saying they're going to watch out and go to the Super Bowl. I'm saying watch out if you're the other three teams in the East because they're just going to put too much separation from themselves and and everybody else. Houston's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Minnesota. The Vikings are terrible. Houston, look, if you can't beat Minnesota – the way they've been playing with your $39 million quarterback, ask for a refund. Seattle's a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Miami. Miami just played Buffalo tough at home and then got a win. Be careful with that line. Tampa Bay's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Chargers. The Chargers had the most terrible game that you can possibly imagine. But remember, it was the turnovers that did them in. Be careful with that seven-and-a-half. That line opened at four and a half and is up to seven and a half right now. Pittsburgh is a one and a half point favorite on the road at Tennessee. That game is very interesting because they had the, the Titans had some players and some personnel that tested positive for COVID. We don't know where that's going to be when it kicks off. So we'll wait and see how that shapes up moving forward. Baltimore is essentially a two touchdown favorite against the Redskins. I expect that after that debacle Last night against the Chiefs, they're going to come out and play well. But you know what? No one cares about regular season. No one cares about regular season. They're good enough to win regular season games with that quarterback, but they're not beating anybody elite. I saw a stat that said that he has 21 wins. He's 21-1 and against everybody else other than the Chiefs. But look at the teams that they've beaten. 13 of those games are against teams with losing records. And the teams that they're beating aren't that, that, that do have winning records, I don't know how many of those eight wins actually those teams went to the playoffs. The Rams are a 13-point favorite at home against the Giants. Giants are terrible. Rams will roll. Kansas City's a seven-point favorite against New England. That's a big line. That's a big line. On a short week, they are at home. I think Kansas City's going to get them. I just don't know if New England can throw the ball enough to keep that game close. Buffalo's a three-point favorite at Las Vegas. The Raiders, they get this one. They hand they hand Buffalo their first loss in what probably will be the first bad game for Josh Allen this year. The 49ers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Eagles on Sunday night. A game that, listen, if you're the Eagles, if the Cowboys win, and you will know this going into that game, if the Cowboys win, you are essentially in a must-win game to save your season. Must win. Green Bay on Monday night, seven-point favorite against Atlanta. Atlanta still has a coach. I, I don't see how Dan Quinn is still employed. But uh, Green Bay should roll. Aaron Rodgers, expect him to put on another show. And speaking of another show, that's what we just finished here. Thank you, everybody. My producer, Dennis Straub, doing everything. Yankees 7-2, bottom of the fifth. They should be okay with that bullpen. See you next week.